Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. We have an excellent show today. Christian Hackenberg is on the show coming up in the third hour of the program. Former Penn State and NFL quarterback breaks down the top quarterback play or maybe some struggling play across college football. Looking forward to that. Jordan Schultz, NFL insider for The Score, is with us coming up in hour number two. And Bobby Carpenter back on the show with us in 20 minutes. And in between, tons of football discussion and more. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Might I add that we don't color coordinate or outfit coordinate on this show. But, we really but if you're watching the show well, today, we are pleasing to the eye with the tones that we've all selected. You think so? One, two, and three straight across the board. It looks as if we color-coordinated to give someone a pleasant palette to view this. for the next three hours. We don't, we don't ever plan, but like it, to, uh, it looks like we planned it. I like to tell people that we have a wardrobe here at 6th and Peabody. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I find I look much better in lighter and brighter colors, <laughs> but I, I have other dark stuff that's did in mom, my rotation. Did your mom tell you this? Well, my mom pointed it out, and it, it, it is <laughs> that's your, true. Your mom is a tough judge yeah. on, on everything. But I have Speaking some dark judge, shirts. Aaron Judge. Yeah, I have some t- dark shirts that are in my life. Aaron Judge last night. I Man. mean, it was unbelievable. And this was first half Yankees where he got the home run and then the, the commentators were really good last night. He got the home run and then Giancarlo Stanton made it mean something by hitting a grand slam uh, four batters later that uh, completed the comeback against, uh, against the Pittsburgh Pirates, a team the Yankees shouldn't be losing to, but we know how baseball goes. Um, and he's got 15 games left. He's got five games to get to 61 inside the 152, which would mean a lot to it. Yeah. I know some people say that doesn't matter. It matters, I think. Um, it's 154. 154. Right? You know I know that and remember that? The movie 61 that yeah. Billy Crystal directed because that was a big downer. I need to watch that with and Simon. And Mickey Mantle right had to give Roger Maris the pep talk because he didnn't get it in the, in the 154. And he thought, well, now... So Babe Ruth wins, I need to basically. watch that with Simon right now. It's a perfect time. He likes baseball movies. Are we so? Is ESPN breaking in for? I don't at-bats? think so. Like, Tonight is on Amazon. So, like, so I don't think they can get to it. Amazon like, on uh, uh, Amazon Prime. Apple. Sorry, Apple. Apple. They have a Wednesday night game now. I thought it was Friday night. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Friday I, night I, they I'm have a doubleheader. I know. Up. Maybe they do. I'm not sure, but I know Friday they always have no, a doubleheader. Friday, yeah. which could be big. So they'll have the Yankee game, and I don't think ESPN could get into that if they wanted. No, they can't. That's, so but, they can't uh, cut into at bats there. Yeah, I don't know I, if they'll be cutting I, well, into sure at bats. Well, I'm sure the 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 contracts have changed. I'd be more inclined to go to MLB. But I'm thinking to like look for it now. You guys, you guys know my favorite era. Oh yeah, the yeah. steroid era with the home run chase, and I, that's the they era. They cut in every time. You cut in for the at bats with Sosa and McGuire, well, and cut, it didn't matter where they were playing. They would cut in on WGN, yeah, and they, show us. They cut in on Barry Bonds 
Sure. Even during during that season, I remember Pedro but Gomez was the reporter people, with Barry with Bonds. people rooting against. But when he when, yeah. when McGuire broke the record, the Cardinals had Maris's family there. Yep. Maris's family, I think, was there last night. Okay, so are they going to be there? Like uh, I would throughout? guess. That's, I don't know if they'll take them on the road. That's cutting worthy to me. Like it's, I, absolutely, baseball needs to figure out a way to make that happen because that I always refer to that run, that late '90s run, as what I want baseball to get back to. And even if you have no dog in the fight here, you want to tune in to watch history because it's happening immediately. And it's it's almost it's not breaking news because you're breaking in during the at bat where it could be breaking right. news. Exactly. And, and and it's Yankees, so people would hate, you know, love or hate it. Um I, I think too, you're bunching it here. I mean, it's Ruth, Maris, and now Judge. Yeah. You know, if it was a non-Yankee, no, it's, cool. it's still a story. But yeah. that it's, it's a Yankee is an amazing story. That he's got a 20-home run lead. There are a lot of parallels here with Ruth. And I heard a story last night or the night before from Michael Kay. And I know everybody's got an affinity for their play-by-play people. I think he's excellent. Um, the radio team, I've told you, is, is horrific. No, Michael Kay's very good. Michael Kay's excellent. And he said that when Babe Ruth hit the, the um, 60, He's, and he led by a huge margin also. That's part of why Babe Ruth is Babe Ruth, because he outdistanced people. The way Judge is remarkably outdistancing people this year, which makes it such a beautiful parallel. He said that when, when Babe Ruth did it, I don't know the context of exactly when he said it, after the season or after the home run or some, something, he said, let's see somebody match that. Which is unbelievable if you put that in the context of Judge on the precipice of matching that. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, that's just so unbelievable. That that quote right there amps up. I'm already amped up. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a judge guy. Any, how could you not be? I mean, all in. And then I hear that quote, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think baseball fans should be Aaron Judge people. Absolutely. Yeah, right? like, if you root for the sport, you root I mean, for Aaron no way, Judge in New York with the Yankees to be. But it's not just that. I mean, they need Aaron Judge yes. with the Yankees for the, for the popularity of baseball. Go back and watch the captain with Derek Jeter and all those Yankees that we all remember mm-hmm. from that dynasty. That elevated the entire sport when that was going on. This is elevating the entire sport. It should be even doing more than that. I think it is right yeah. now. Anytime anything runs up against football season, there's a hurdle there that you got to cross. This is a really cool story, but though. Made, Tuesday night. Made better and better by the fact it's a Yankee that's chasing Roger Maris's record. I, I agree with you on that, Paul. Here's the other thing that is remarkable to me. Look at a side-by-side photo of Roger Maris in 1961 physically compared to Aaron Judge. How in the hell did Roger Maris do it? I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, I have bigger biceps than Roger Maris. I'm not exaggerating. Like Looking at him at bat, I'm like, he looks like a normal dude. That you know has yeah, not second baseman did, now, that probably, never right? lifted weights. I'm sure he did a lot of physical training, but like this guy hit 61 home runs. I don't think parks were that much smaller in that time. I don't think the ball was juiced at all. That is incredible. I, I know there's different variables with pitching being better today and all that stuff too. But Aaron Judge's not built for the park either, right? I mean, he's hitting from the wrong side I mean, of the plate. I, I, he's built for any park. Aaron Judge is built for yeah. Mars. You put that guy anywhere, and he's going to be physically impressive wherever he is. And that's not a knock on Aaron Judge. I'm just saying it's incredible to view the two men side by side. Well, view him with practically any player nowadays. I I like viewing him next to Altuve. Uh, O'Neal Cruz stands a chance. 
you know, he was on the field with them last night. That's that, that's what you need to be to be in, in no, I'm Aaron Maris. Judge's class. I'm saying you put oh, Maris yeah. side by no, side with any I mean, player, and there's a, a physical difference. I still don't buy, though, and th- this argument Ruth fuels too, by the way. this yeah. argument fuels sports talk in in down times. I mean, I think if you put Maris in today's game, give him some time, he'd hit. I, I think he'd hit. Well, the best I, I, I don't know hit. that he's playing right field because Aaron Judge has to play right field. It might be a second baseman if he's – I don't know what his feet were like or anything, you know. But I think the best hitters from back then would figure things out if they came up in the same thing and had to figure out the same stuff in terms of the nasty pitching and everything. But I think if you've got that hand-eye coordination from one era and you were given the time or grew up in it, I'm not saying drop him in right now. He'd be, you know, sinking. But if he came up in it, He'd hit. I I think Apple should – their whole Apple TV stuff, they should want ESPN and the big networks to cut in live when and he's just attacked. have their logo up and, on the And just carry their broadcast. Yeah. Yep. I mean, somehow, somehow the NFL has made it work where you have on Thursday Night Football, Al Michaels promoting what's going to be on NBC Sunday yeah, night. All of them do it. They cross-promote all the games. It's, everyone's totally capable of buying in. And, They're and a brotherhood. The rising tide raising the ship. Yeah. And for some reason, I haven't no, I, I'm hopeful that if he breaks Maris's record, we see it live. Because right now, there's a chance that you could only see it on Apple. I just wonder if it... I, mean, I, I don't know the technology it of it. I just wonder if it's possible. Oh, I'm sure like it because is. it's a different deal. Well, streaming versus television. I've watched some of these Apple games, and I think as the years have gone on, they've gotten better and better at doing these games. The number of Braves games, Braves Mariners, a week ago or the week before on a Friday night was on Apple, and I watched a good bit of it. I'll be watching. I can see it both ways. You know, Apple saying, "Why would we give it to ESPN for free, even if it's promotion?" Yeah, because promotion. we may have some people sign up for Apple TV. That are Yankees see the fans, next one. just to make sure they see it live, and then they get into Apple TV and oh, we like for all mankind and some of these other shows and Severance. Yeah, that's and my on kids Apple TV. Have a ton of stuff on here, so I, I, I get why they would want to keep that exclusive. But it's also a good way to show your product and the, the fact that you have a very legitimate broadcast going on with gadgets on the screen that it's even stats. ESPN's not using. Stats and the broadcast team that's capable of handling a big moment well. Like th- that's what I would want to show off, and they're going to get the highlight anyway. So yeah. I would go ahead and let them carry it. That that's that's me being you know not in the room and to Chad's point, not worried about subscriptions. But to me, you get the chance of advertising on ESPN for free. Yeah, ESPN covered the hell out of it last night post game. I mean, they went to Boone live. I think they went to Judge live at a at a podium at a table. I, they they had I mean, Kirkjian on. They I, covered it like it was. They covered it if, the event that it was. I mean, we, we we sometimes love and sometimes mock baseball because they always point to history and the records um, while they change different things with the rule book. All on now for but, history. I mean, if it's about history, if Apple's not letting me cut in live, ESPN should carry the radio broadcast of it. Honestly. I would I would lean into this heavy, and I would go live with a whatever sports book they're partnered with on the live at bat, and and show it off that way, instead of whatever they're going to be showing tonight. I think it's a big money maker for the sports books. I mean, I think everybody's betting on them to hit yeah. it, hit it right. You're betting on them every night to hit it, uh, to hit one. So are they off two. tomorrow. And then back God, at it Friday. They can't be off again, Chad. They've had so many off days lately. I feel like every series right they now. get a day off. I, they cannot be off. 
They've had two days off in the last no, they've 10 got, days. They've got uh, the Red Sox tomorrow okay. and, and Friday. And Friday, yes. Through the weekend series of the Red Sox. Yeah. They're too rested right now, in, in my estimation. Well, at this rate, he's going to get it before Friday night. <laughs> I mean, the, the, way, the way he's been hitting, the way it's been going, I don't, know the, I don't think we're going to have to worry about it. I've got a thing where I've left the house often to walk the dogs, and he hits one. Last night, I was in the room, and Teresa was like, look at that, from her deathbed. With, look at that. Um, so yes, you were was, actually it was in you the walking house. your dog that gave him the power. No, we not went on the jinx thing, but it's amazing the rate at which I've been out of the house. You walk for, your dog whenever you play the lottery. I mean, no, under the same pretense. <laughs> no, I don't play the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the those that believe that the, I, I know no. you're leaning into yeah. that, but I paused. You'll do it tonight. You'll do it tonight. No, last night I I paused and I came back and he grounded third. Oh. I associate. I'm not superstitious. I know I have no uh, bearing over the outcome. What's your superstition uh, of a game for softball? When I'm watching it, I, I have no superstition with that. Especially when I'm doing something that could affect it, I really am not superstitious. But when I have no control over something and I'm watching, mentally, it's like the PTSD. If I'm watching in a certain spot and bad things keep happening, I may move not because I think I'm affecting the game, but because that spot was painful. For me, or when someone yeah, walks in the room and I'm watching a big thing. game, I get that. I'm like, I'm going to go downstairs for a little while. You know, you came up and we started watching together and things went south. I'm going to go just wa- to watch up. downstairs. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you're new to us, we do not believe in jinxes, no. superstitions, dirty any socks, of that dirty at underwear, all. And we think and people over. who do are silly, beyond control. Mumbo jumbo. Yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous that you have any bearing on the fate of your team. Here's how you have bearing on the fate of your team. If you get into an accident... With the star player on the way to the game, <laughs> you have a bearing on the fate of your team, right? Uh, yes, yeah. or, or any player, maybe the pitcher yeah. that's, that's facing judge. And we're night. not suggesting you go get into an accident no. with the star pitcher of the other team. We would never. We would never suggest that. Paul, you, uh, you got here right after media availability uh, with the Titans. Injury concerns there with Taylor Lewan, but he is still on their active roster, not on injured reserve today. Um, one of the highest paid left tackles in the game potentially could return to their roster. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I mean, I think he's in trouble. I'm getting the, the, the same kind of stuff from people who think they're sources, but everything I've checked out, you know, it's, he's not done yet. And I don't know what, who was holding a press session that I missed, but lo and behold, Luan was at his locker. He was getting up to walk out. No braces, no crutches. He was on crutches after the game at Highmark stadium in Buffalo uh, and I, I just kind of said, how are you doing? He said, hey, Paul. And, I, you know, that made it clear I'd like to talk to him. He made it clear he wouldn't be talking. And he walked out of the room without a significant limp or anything. Now, I tweeted that. And then people went crazy like, oh, he's fine. He's not fine. Uh, plenty of people, Hutton, you've seen guys uh, right after uh, tearing an ACL yeah. on the sideline walk perfectly yes. normally. Yes. You can walk fine with a significant knee injury. So all I was doing was giving you some color that I saw that other people didn't see in the locker room. It is not a diagnosis that he's fine, that people went to, oh, it's a mental thing with Luan. Luan messed up his knee. We don't know how badly. A lot of us fear it's a season-ending thing, but we just don't know yet. I don't even know if it was a contact injury. I was explaining to you guys the the view I had on TV um, through the, the Watch ESPN app at the time. He's he's down blocking on a play and then just it's Go like down. he blew a tire, just face plants, and then they say Luan is down. 
So I, I'm not real sure um, if it was non-contact, contact, whatever. But play number one, he misses. He's carted off to the locker room. He's on crutches post-game. And then today, he's not. And he's no, no noticeable limp, which is a good sign. But it still is That's also no indication. That's also steps the from best where indication, he was to the doorway. The best indication of his status is he still in the active roster today. And he's not. He's in town. So, like, if he was going to get a second yeah. opinion in L.A. or Charlotte, he wouldn't have been around today. So that's something also. Trenton Cannon, special teamer, uh, also who took injured a, a on his first really, play. yeah, first snap of the game and first offensive snap of the game. Trenton Cannon's done for the year. He blew out his uh, his knee. Just real quick, I, I did not know this until it was, I believe the Athletic had it. So there was a punch thrown or something by a yeah, Bills offensive a lineman, story. and he missed the guy he was going after. I've got my theory on who it might so be. So this is Bobby and then Hart. Hit, and then hit an offensive line. So Bobby Hart, the offensive lineman. Who lineman's. subbed for Lawan. Uh, but he hit um, – He was waiting for somebody in the tunnel. Yes. A Titan. But he hit a Titan's coach. Who he might coach. know. He might know this Titan because he was on the Titans last year or the year before. Last year. Last year. Last year. Played a little bit when the Titans were way down on the offensive line. Yeah. Waited for somebody in the tunnel – Took a swipe, apparently missed, or the guy ducked, and he hit a Titans coach behind him. I can't find out who the coach is. I'm sure everybody's sworn to secrecy on this. If I, had, if I was at practice today, I don't know if other guys are doing this, I would be trying to examine coaches for black eyes or yeah. whatever. It's a very curious story. He was, he was suspended immediately, right, but for the, a game. How quiet that stayed until, until 24 hours out. plus. After, yeah, until the suspension League came broke out. it. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up. Bobby Carpenter joins us. We switch gears. We talk college football. That is all straight ahead on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Christian Hackenberg joins us in hour number three today. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network rolls on at 6th and Peabody. It's, it's a Big Ten day, really. Bobby Carpenter with us now at BCarp3 on Twitter is where you can find him. He joins us each Wednesday at this time. Bobby, hope you're doing well, man. I'm doing great, guys. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Good. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, the rare appearance with you in your office today. What's... It, don't have anything going well, on. Slow, slow work day for you, Bobby. You're actually at home for once. No, well, a little bit. I mean, my son's game is until a little later. Things kind of worked out a little bit better. Normally, I'm running all around, guys, trying to chase my we tail. Know. But today, not quite as bad. So relax, sitting here, getting ready to uh, go check out his game after this. And I'm in my house, which you know, it's hopefully you don't overhear too much noise. We're getting our kitchen renovated in there. So my brother's in there installing new floors right now. So there's a lot of a lot of banging, a lot of hammering. And so that's also why I've been out of the house a lot lately, kind of get away from that. What kind of rate does he get? Well, what I was going to ask, what season are we in for your son's game? Is this football season? Oh, and yeah. will we see another Carpenter playing in the NFL? Is this the next generation? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my oldest son. He's playing football. So he's got that going in seventh. I got my third grade son. He's playing tackle for the first time. And then a kindergartner still playing flag. So if those guys, I always tell them, if you want to play football, great. 
I try to say the same thing my dad would tell me, uh, who loves this stuff. He comes up and watches all my kids' stuff, which is awesome. But you know, I distinctly remember telling me him, like he wouldn't let me play football until I was in seventh grade. But he's like, if you want to play, awesome. If you love it, great. If you don't want to play, don't play because of me. And I, I try to make sure I tell my kids that if you're going to play it, we're going to play it right. We're going to work hard. We're going to try to be the best we can, like we would do at anything else. But don't let the fact that I did something influence the fact that if that's not what you really want to do and there's other sports or other interests you have, you can go ahead and do that. Because it, And I've talked to a lot of players. It does your kid a disservice trying to get them to do something and square peg round hole it. So, And then also, guys, like the expectation of you know having them be able to play in the NFL. I'm fortunate to be a second-generation NFL player, and all three of my brothers played college football. I had two uncles that outside of my dad played college football as well. So, you know, there's that. And maybe one of them will, maybe two of them, maybe all three. I, I don't, I couldn't tell you at this point, but I, I always want to make sure that, that pressure is not there because you know, I walked by and, and my wife doesn't truly understand it because she didn't, she didn't live it. I'm like, there's something unique, especially because I went to uh, the same high school as my father, who was the coach. And I go every day you walk by the gym door and you know, in between the two gym doors, there's a picture of Alan Anderson who played for the twins when they won the world series and was their ace pitcher. And my dad, who you know played in the NFL. And so I go, that is the shadow that looms every day when you walk by it. So if you if you don't want to do it and you're not fully on board, like it's it's a it's a steep shadow to kind of get out of. So make sure that you make your own trail some other way. And so if you love it, like I said, go all in. So we're we're navigating that path right now and trying to figure it out. But play a lot of sports, soccer, lacrosse, they swim, they wrestle, do a ton of different stuff. So I encourage everybody to kind of experience everything and You'll find your own path. The problem is, guys, like my weekends, it's Thursday night, college, NFL, Friday night, usually college, Saturday, all day college, Sunday, I have my kids games. Plus, I have to go back and rewatch some of the NFL stuff into Sunday night, into Monday night. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are really my weekend, and especially Wednesdays because I'm not coaching my younger kids. So this is like really my day off. Will you slip up to your brother after this project is over and, and give him a couple hundred and say, hey, hey, you did a nice job here. Good, good job. Oh, this is this. So here's the thing. He, he, we, we've done some different stuff and they never say, they always say never, you know, get in business and do stuff with your family. My brother and I, we've done a bunch of different stuff together and I've got some credits on the account that I need to make sure I run off. This isn't like a couple hundred dollar job. I mean, this is, this is a, a one comma situation in a five figure job for him and so there there's this is definitely him and his partner they're doing an awesome job with it but it is not something that's easy and my wife since she knows him i mean i think his partner is getting exacerbated a little bit with the fact that there's always a little change here we're going to do try this and there's a lot of detail involved and my brother takes everything in stride so it's good and he he works about he's like a gorilla and can lift anything so it's it makes it really easy but yeah it, it, it can be a little tenuous sometimes when you get start doing that with family but this is far more than me You'll buy him a case of beer and give him a hundred bucks. <laughs> Bobby Carpenter, our guest, uh, you can check him out, uh, contributor with Outkick, but also SiriusXM. Hope the show's going well. Give us the particulars on the the show that you have. Oh, on uh, XM, dude, it's it's uh, three to six uh, XM eighty four. Uh, I do a Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Friday uh, with Hester. Jacob Hester went to LSU. So it's nice, guys. It's a little Big Ten SEC flair, and he loves it. We go, we break down all of you know the college football games we find everyone's 
each week, uh, different ones each week that are all over the place and yeah. not just your big marquee matchups. And we're, we're talking Northern Illinois Vanderbilt for the simple fact that that's Vanderbilt hitting the over uh, week four of the season and like the interest level with that. So it, it's been pretty good and it's been pretty fun. And we call it meathead radio because it's, you know, former fullback and a linebacker, you know, getting after things, talking about, you know, two days, training camp, lifting weights, running sprints, you know, banging heads into each other and then try to church it up just a little bit. So let, let's start with some of the, the big marquee matchups in Tennessee, Florida, uh, to, to start our chat as we talk some ball. Uh, Bobby, so far, I think Tennessee is a far better team than Florida. How do you see it going Saturday at Neyland? You know, the fact that it's at home, I think, helps Tennessee a lot. You know, the hype was that offense rolling. You know, they can score the po- score points. So Anthony, Anthony Richardson, their quarterback, like that's that's what's been keeping Florida afloat. And you know, we're on this roller coaster now where they beat Utah. We think they're great. All of a sudden you lose one. It's like, ah, oh, the world's falling apart, you know, when you lose to Kentucky. And I think Florida's a good team, but I think this year Tennessee's better. And it's a little bit of slaying some demons, you know, making sure that you feel psychologically that you're prepared. You're a better team. You should be able to win the game. And I honestly think they should win it by 10 points just based upon what I've looked at how they've played and who they've played. Uh, but you got to get it done out there on the field. And Tennessee, this is, it's crazy. I mean, it'll be a battle, I think, between them and Kentucky. I can't wait to see that game. Just kind of see who will that be that second best team in the SEC East. So it looks like Jabari Small, Tennessee starting running back, is going to go. He practiced yesterday full go. So he's going to be fine after leaving the game against Akron. Cedric Tillman is the big question mark now, Bobby, and he is one of the most productive receivers in the country. If he can't go, and it looks like it's going to be 50-50 up to game time against Florida, does that change at all your prediction on this game, or is Tennessee deep enough with Jalen Hyatt and Brew McCoy and others that it's not going to have that big of an impact? You know, historically, if you look at it, quarterbacks are the only positions that really change lines. And I know like not having you know a key receiver or a key you know defensive back or a running back like that can impact it, but just I, I look at Josh, I look at the, uh, Heupel's offense and how they ultimately play, and I, I think you can survive without one of your skill position players as long as you're not missing a glut of them, and your quarterback position is intact, and so all those other pieces are moving for Tennessee, and I, I just look at what he's done there since he's been there. And how prolific that offense has been. Now they've had struggles stopping some of the elite teams, but I don't think Florida is one of those squads. So that's not going to impact my feeling about this game very much at all. So you have to go back to the mid fifties to find a season where Florida lost to both Tennessee and Kentucky in the same year. And <laughs> it's been that long. Uh, this is a massive game for the mental hurdle of Florida against uh, for, for Tennessee against Florida. Uh, with how this series has gone over the last decade, two decades, really. Um, if they if they get over the Florida hump, knowing and, and just your observation of Tennessee thus far, they won at Pitt. Uh, very good offense, very efficient. Better on defense. We'll find out how much better as they get into SEC play. Where do you think they can be? What do you think their ceiling is? You know, if they're able to win this game, like psychologically, it's it, to me, it was very similar when Kentucky beat Florida. And because that was the third time in five years and they got that road win again, like you feel really good about it to where yeah, you've won the majority of the games the last half decade. And like psychologically, that does something for you. Um, you know, and I, and I think Mark Stoops, like, and they had a much 
tougher climb because Tennessee has a history of being good at football. Now, recently there's been some ebbs and flows and it hasn't been what everybody wants. But like Kentucky's never been good and historically, consistently. Right. And so for them to get over that, that was big. And so I think it's a little bit of the same thing with Tennessee. Like they win this game. You start looking around at the SEC East and, you know, Missouri and Vanderbilt. I mean, they're not world beaters right now. Florida is a little bit down. You know, obviously, Georgia's good. South Carolina, you know, isn't great. And so, like, you're basically, I think, battling Kentucky for that number two spot if you're able to get this win. And so much of it, like you said, it comes down to, like, getting over that psychological hurdle of believing that you can ultimately get this done and win the game. But if they do, you know, they had a nice victory over Pitt. And I think Pitt's a good team. Um, you know, I would say, you know, they, they could be a double digit win. Like you, they're probably, they're probably not going to beat Georgia and that UK game is a toss up, but I think yeah. nine wins, eight, nine wins, you know, they got Bam in there too. Eight, I would say nine wins. I would say is should be a pretty realistic expectation. And Josh Heupel endears himself to the fan base more than he'll ever know oh. with one win over Florida. Oh. Now, that's one that's a big intangible, uh, with this fan base uniting and being, uh, ecstatic, over any win against the Gators. I know Wake Forest people would be ecstatic over any win over Clemson, uh, Bobby. And look, we know the history of programs. We know you know there's favoritism in our own minds because we've seen success from one side against another or one side historically versus another program. Vegas doesn't play favorites that way, but Vegas has Clemson a seven-point road favorite over Wake Forest. Based on what I've seen from Clemson offensively, that surprised me. A bit. I thought this would be closer to a pick'em, quite frankly, with Clemson going on the road to Wake Forest. What do you think about this matchup? Always remember this: Vegas preys on consumer sentiment. So the that fact too. that so they they everybody in their mind, the people who are picking you know picking this game and betting on it, you know, in California and in Texas, you know, even a lot of people in Ohio, if they're not regionally around. Like, I don't think they realize how good Hartman and Wake Forest ultimately are. And the fact that this Clemson offense had a ton of issues last year stemming from you know the quarterback play with DJ and then also the offensive line. And you look at it this year, the offensive line, you know, they worked on it, brought in some transfers, but I still don't feel like this offensive line is all that great. And subsequently, they can't get the running game going as much as they'd like to against great competition. And then that's also trickles back to the quarterback with protection and kind of becoming a one-dimensional offense at times. Defensively, Clemson's really good. And so that's going to be up to them to try to hold down Florida State. I don't know if you get in a high-scoring contest here, if that'll bode well for uh Florida State for Wake Forest, if that'll bode well for uh, Clemson, because I don't know. I know that Wake Forest defense isn't near what Clemson is, but I think Clemson or Wake Forest can score the football now. And if you're going to give me seven at home with the Demon Deacons, I know this is a little bit of a Kentucky, uh, Florida situation where Wake Forest doesn't have a ton of success against Clemson at any point in history. But I mean, I've got to ride that underdog at this point, thinking that they're probably a better offensive team. And defensively, I think that they can maybe hang enough that I don't know if they can get the win. I think it'll be close. But if you're going to give me seven points, I like it because I feel like this is probably going to be a three or four point game. Arkansas and AM is is uh, maybe the only other game matching top 10 teams yeah. this weekend. Um, AM has they have they recovered from from their unfortunate accident if you will uh or is arkansas trending well enough for you here 
first of all, you know, Sam Pittman is my hero. And I mean, there's no coach that embodies the school probably more than Sam Pittman at, at Arkansas or at Arkansas. They escaped last week because I think Arkansas's fans almost had their biggest nightmare ever oh, come gosh. true with Bobby Petrino oh. having a lead going into the fourth quarter. I, I mean, I wanted that. So Did you get to see any of that game, Bobby? Because I watched a lot of the third quarter. And I mean, there were two fourth down calls by Bobby Petrino that he dialed up. And I'm thinking, this guy is a genius play caller. The way he can design a play to get someone wide open is unbelievable. <laughs> and we've seen it time and time again with him. But anyway, continue with this thought. It's a great point because there's a reason why people who, I don't want to call them bad people, but people who have done a lot of bad things at different places still continue to get jobs because they ultimately win. And he's really good. Bobby Petrino is a great offensive mind. He almost had that thing teared up and teed up. And you said they had some great plays. I flipped it over because I didn't think it'd be close. And then all of a sudden you see the scores coming in on the bottom of the ticker. Like, holy smokes. Like this is one that probably no one else is looking at, uh, but it's exciting. But thankfully Arkansas, you know, I believe that's 17 in the fourth, pull that thing out and pull away with it a little bit. Um, but I like Arkansas in this game. I, I, I am not a believer anymore in Jimbo Fisher as an offensive coach. Like they made the move to Max Johnson, you know, and they get the win against Miami, but it wasn't really a pretty game. It wasn't like they went out there and threw for 350 yards. It wasn't like they were dominant offensively. And I think Miami's good, but I don't think Miami is where A&M is on talent wise. And you look at Jimbo, we talked about this last recruiting class being historically great, but he's had top 10 classes the last four years. And you're out here, you know, your team just doesn't look like they're that skilled. And so either the players you're recruiting aren't developing, you're not utilizing them right, or maybe you're missing on them, but you can't miss on guys like that every year. That's That can't be true. So I maybe we look at this and he got, I don't want to use the term lucky, but caught lightning in the bottle, a little bit of Florida State with Jameis Winston. You know, he was able to have some success. Things started going awry. You know, ejects, gets to A&M. But, you know, to me, I wouldn't be shocked if you see A&M nine and three, eight and four again this year, just based upon where they're at. So I, I like Arkansas in this game. They're big, they're physical. They're going to try to run the football on them. Yeah, they've got some issues in the secondary with giving up balls over the top. You saw that with Cincinnati, but I mean, it's not like A&M is this versatile passing offense. So I think it really plays into the strengths of Arkansas for this game. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas has outrushed their opponents so far this season by 500 yards and A&M has been outrushed by 140 to this point. Yeah. So I, I'm with you on that. It, it, A&M's favored. I'm taking Arkansas in this. Um, How is A&M favored? At least I, I believe I'm correct in that. Yeah, a- A&M is favored. Yeah, it's a neutral site game, and A&M's yeah, the favorite. I'm, I'm taking like Arkansas. Uh, Bobby, uh, Wisconsin-Ohio State, maybe at the end of the game, the score separated a bit. I'm, I'm eager to watch Wisconsin's secondary. They lead the Big Ten in interceptions with seven. They've only allowed one touchdown pass this season. Meanwhile, they haven't faced anything like Ohio State in the passing game with the Buckeyes receivers. So while I could see this game being like 38-17 at the end, I'm intrigued with how Wisconsin comes out and plays based on what we've seen so far with their body of work. So, you know, this is going to be your classic Wisconsin team. You know, Graham Mertz really hasn't developed at the quarterback position the way that I think that they would have liked him to. They haven't got that passing game going a lot. They can run the ball with Allen a decent decently well, but not as well as normal. Like they should have been able to beat Washington state at home. Like that loss is inexcusable. Yeah. It's inexplicable. If they win that game. It's a ranked matchup. It's a lot better. I think Wisconsin will probably fin with uh, finish the season with nine or 10 wins, but 
you know, defensively, Jim Leonard has been carrying the water. Like they have a ton of tackles for loss. Most of it's by their linebackers. You watch his scheme. There's a heavy Rex Ryan influence. He's very smart. His secondary plays as aggressive as he did. And so, yeah, they're going to get turnovers. That'll be the question for Ohio State is if they can rush the football and not turn it over, I'm with you. That game is going to start to get stretched uh, because they won't be able to ball control. And if you can get up two scores on Wisconsin, it's really, really tough for them to come back because they're not built like that. But I I love this for young quarterbacks and CJ Stroud now an older quarterback, but seeing an NFL style defense on the other side, that's really aggressive. It's very multiple. They disguise things really well. I get, it'll be a test for CJ Stroud and we'll see if he ends up you know throwing up an interception uh, just through the confusion. And I don't know if that'll obviously impact the game. Cause I'm with you. I think Ohio state's probably 17 to 21 better. I liked the game a lot. If mm-hmm. it was under 17, now it's ballooned up to like 18 and a half, 19, which I, that worries me a little bit as far as taking the points or laying the points. But um, it'll be a great challenge for CJ. It'll be something that I think will help him throughout the year. Cause when you start playing the Bamas, you start playing the Georgias, their defenses are really good. They're very multiple. And as much as it is, the players are good. It's also trying to figure out exactly what you're seeing to be able to have success. Notre Dame at North Carolina, Bobby feels like a chance for Marcus Freeman to get his first full season back on track with the win. What do you think about the matchup? What do you think about Notre Dame's chances of going on the road and getting a, a, a small upset. They're a one and a half point underdog. You know, I, I think they need this game in the worst way. And, you know, Marcus being a friend, I, I hope that they get it. You know, obviously lose to Ohio State, no crime in that. But the hardest thing of being a head coach is how do you handle big successes and big failures? And so it slips away. You felt like you played a good game and getting the guys back on track. That's what's really hard. You lose to Marshall and then you, know, you barely pull it out against Cal. Like you feel like it's trending in the right direction. I don't think North Carolina is a world beater this year, but you got to get your guys prepared. They got to be psychologically ready to go. Obviously, you're starting pine now. Your quarterback situation has changed dramatically since the beginning of the year, uh, but you got to find a way to put your guys in the best position to be able to have success. I like Notre Dame to win this. I don't feel great about it, but I feel like they're physical enough, enough up front that they should be able to run the ball, get those tight ends going. I mean, they're not an offense that's overly explosive, so defensively they'll have to play well. But if they put up a performance like they did against Ohio State and they can start to get back to that level or close to it, then I think that they take care of this. They can win it by seven. But a lot of it is getting the belief, the focus, and you know, you'll, you'll put a lot into a game early on and you ultimately lose it and being able to course correct then and and find a way to have a successful year. So this this game will be pivotal for Marcus to go and win. You can check out uh, Bobby Carpenter, Jacob Hexter uh, on uh, Sirius XM Channel 84 throughout the week, uh, talking all things college football, and he does that with us on Wednesdays. Bobby, always great to have you on, man. Get back to the the kitchen renovation. Yes. Hey, I'm just an observer in this. He's the one carrying all the carrying all the uh, water. So I appreciate it, guys. You guys have a great Wednesday. Yeah. Same Thanks, to you. Bobby. You're the best. There's Bobby Carpenter. Follow him on Twitter at bcarp3. Coming up primary complaint that's next on outkick 360 get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on. Sixth and Peabody, our location, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Each and every Wednesday at this time, it's time for Primary Complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Primary Complaint on Outkick 360. Guys, my primary complaint this week is with this particular tweet and the schedule announcement for the SEC. Random. On a Tuesday at 420 Central, the SEC's tweeting out, schedule release for 2023. There is no hype, no buzz, no intrigue. And in, in reality, it's, it's quite the news dump. Late afternoon on a Tuesday when there's really nothing else going on do this better. You have your own network. You have your own uh, a body of media members that can help push this to the moon. And we see the success of the NFL and how they go about revealing the schedules. I know the opponents are already set years in advance. And I know you know that in the middle of October, Tennessee's playing Alabama. But there are also different ideas that you could bring into this where you can have your program announce certain games the way an NFL team would or tie in fan bases to allow some of the college football atmosphere into this instead of just a tweet and a reveal and a logo that says click here for the full schedule for next year during Tennessee Florida week or Arkansas A&M I hate that it's in the middle of football season just as we're getting going that's my primary complaint yeah I hate it too this is something that should be done in the offseason totally agree on that uh, my primary complaint is uh, this phone right here that is the source of constant ridicule for me because I possess in my hand an iPhone 7S. <laughs> if you talk to anyone in the technology telecommunication industry, they will tell you that this belongs in a museum. Uh, it still works for me. It, it works fine. We're up to the iPhone 14 now for those unfamiliar with that technology. Double spread. Went to a, uh, a T-Mobile location today to see what kind of upgrade I was in line for because I'm tired of getting ridiculed about it. I want to see what all the hubbub's about. You have an iPhone 7? With these new iPhones. <laughs> and she saw the iPhone 7 and she laughed. She said, someone brought in an iPhone 5 yesterday that's still working. And we were all amazed by that. She said, yeah, that, that's a pretty old phone. <laughs> Here's the issue, though. I've had this phone for a long time. I've got $200 in a rebate. That $200 rebate, Apple should go to any of your products. It's a $200 rebate I've earned as a loyal customer and a loyal customer through T-Mobile. But no, 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 no. They only want to give me the rebate on an iPhone 14 or an iPhone 13. What I want is an iPhone 13 SE something or other because I like the home button. And this one has the home button. It's $429. But they won't give me $200 off that. They'll give me $200 off the $700 phone or the $600 phone. But they're not going to let me get out of there for under four or $500. That is my primary complaint. And a good one. 
you got to head over to Verizon, Chief. My primary complaint, I can't help it. It's not everybody I understand, but it's a segment of the Titans fan base that likes to think the Titans are the Lions or the Jaguars. On my Facebook page, they're saying, this again? After an 0-2 start. They've been to the playoffs, what, Hut? Uh, Four out of the last five years. This again. Some of them are calling, not for Todd Downing's head, the offensive coordinator, but for Mike Vrabel's head, who won coach of the year exactly two games ago. I mean, look, they're playing like crap. They've looked like crap. It's two games. I'm not saying they're salvaging it. It might be a down season. Guy's a good coach. You're not going to find better. You got to refocus your energies and stop pretending like the Titans are the Lions or the Jags. Things are going poorly. Guess what happens in the NFL? Sometimes things go poorly for your team. They haven't won a Super Bowl, but they haven't been Ken, Ken Wisenhut's Titans either. Take a breath. Yeah, they're not the Lions or the Jags, but unfortunately for Titans fans, they've been building up this gradual improvement and now it's all of a sudden oh can they can they rebound and make the playoffs screw the playoffs yeah it's important. that should not they be the goal they probably missed the window that, that's, that can, and you've got to come to terms that, with that but no, you don't fire the coach no over. You, you can come to terms with that you can also be extremely angry with that yeah sure um and you know it's our job to say they should have advanced should the have. window absolutely but you can't you can't talk fire the coach no no well, the one thing that needs to happen is he's going to eventually have to well, fire some coaches. Yeah. We can get into some complaints about criticism from fans also here momentarily because there's another one that I, I have to add on to that. Jordan Schultz joins us next. NFL Insider. We hit the headlines to begin hour number two on Outkick 360.